Hey there, mucho gusto, and welcome to another episode of Detective Writer. I'm your host, Sally, aka Detective Writer, and today I'm super duper excited to introduce all of you to a brand new guest, fellow author James Michaels. Thank you so much for being here, James. I'm so excited. But the reason I got into it was, you know, about five years ago, I was, um, I had a pretty good job, and I was just starting a family, and I kind of knew eventually I would plateau at the job I was at. So I started pursuing different challenges for myself, personal challenges, learn a language, um, take up new skills. Hey, how about I write a book? Um, and again, this was just supposed to be like a personal challenge. You know, I would write a book and that'd be just another accomplishment I could, you know, put on under my belt. Well, as I was writing my first book, which would become my debut novel, Ice Rising, I realized the book was going to be so long that I would eventually have to make it into a series. And then during that time, other ideas came to mind for other books. And I sat there and I realized, wow, like, I really have something here. And for me, I realized I kind of woke up something that I never really knew I had, which was a talent. So, yeah, I'm not that, I'm, I'm not like, I guess, most writers who kind of came, you know, like, like, they were born to be writers almost. Like, like, ever since they learned how to walk, they were writing short stories. I was never that type of person. And so, yeah, it must have surprised to me. But I kind of, I really felt like I found that part of me that I never really knew I had. You know, what was I naturally good at? And so it, it was crazy to me. And here, here I am five years later with five books published and a sixth one on the way. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. And can I ask you first, James, what would you say is the biggest tip that you'd give anybody, you know, who wants to become an author, but maybe they feel like not so confident in their writing or maybe feeling not too confident in themselves? What would you say is the biggest tip that you'd give anybody, you know, who wants to be a writer but doesn't really think that it's that it's, that it's going to be possibility for them well you know we've all been there um kind of at the crossroads of making that decision that that final push into becoming a writer to be honest the first step is always going to be the hardest but i think a lot of it is because of overthinking when people look at a full book especially inspiring writers i think they get intimidated you know how am i going to make this full story how does something that starts in my head become a a physical book or something that people can swipe on their Kindle. And to be honest, for everybody, it's going to be different. For some people, the first step is, for me, it was just starting at chapter one and just start writing that first paragraph. And as I kept writing and writing, it just, it, it grew more solid. And eventually I had a whole chapter done. I said, wow, a whole chapter. And I had the second chapter done. Then the third chapter and the fourth chapter and the fifth chapter. And the, Characters starting to come together and the story's building. And then I got to that point where I said to myself, okay, I can't not finish this. I have to get this done. And I know with a lot of writers, that's also been a hard part because they maybe lose faith or they lose a taste for the story that they're writing. And I say to those people, finish it. Just finish it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like what you're writing. A lot of that's just that inner negative voice telling you that it's a waste of time, that it's bad, that it's not going to work out. You've got to keep with it. And you have to kind of say to yourself, this is not done until it's finished, if that makes sense. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And you definitely bring up a good point, James, because I think that a lot of us, I know myself, you know, writing is definitely a passion for maybe some people. Sometimes writing just definitely takes some time to develop and feel like anybody can be a writer, but not everybody publishes. And I think it's really good to emphasize, you know, that dreams can become a reality little by little. You just have to have a lot of dedication and hard work to put into it. Exactly, exactly. And it, it does take that dedication. Um, and every, some people can write a whole book in three months. For others, it can take up to 10 years, just depending on what they want to write. And I think a lot of it is authors need to, authors and writers need to understand what type of um, writer they want to be. Some do it for like maybe like Dostoevsky, you know, social commentary. Others may do it just for poetry or expression. Some of us, like myself included, just want to write good stories. We love to entertain people. My favorite thing is hearing when people say the emotions they felt reading my books, whether they were laughing or whether they were sad or whether they were excited. You know, I just love to entertain. That's, that's the main reason why I read books. Of course, I also read plenty of books to learn something or to gain perspective, but most of the books that I read are fiction because I love a good story. I love to, uh, you know, books like movies are, can be somebody's break from um, their everyday life and really just escape into something else and, you know, read somebody else's story. It's always been fascinating for me. And especially somebody who wants to, you know, see more of the world, it definitely helps me to see more of the world, even if it's in other people's eyes. That's true. And that is definitely so insightful, James, because I think if you think about it, you just brought up a good point to see the world. And it's really interesting how writing can take so many different aspects. You know, it can be informative. It can be really intellectual. It can scare the wits out of people. It can take you to it can even create a whole world, create a whole new dimension, create a whole new language. So writing takes so many different forms that it's really beautiful how it's not just stuck to one specific thing. And it can literally take so many different areas. And I'd love to ask you, James, what would you say is I'm not I'm curious, have you ever experienced any writer's block in yourself personally? Do you have any tips or anything that you usually do, you know, when you're starting a book or when you're writing a short story? Like, how is your writing journey, your writing process, better to say? Well, I'm the, I'm a almost a complete pantser. Um, I may set a few rules for myself, like, you know, this character is definitely not going to die no matter what, or this character is probably going to die. Um, but aside from that, I'll have maybe a vague ending in mind and a definite start. And then it's just a question of how do I get from point A to point B. So when it comes to writer's block, it may happen very momentarily because I don't know, I feel, I think a lot of writer's block is just overthinking and you just learn, you know, to keep writing. It doesn't have to be pretty yet. That's what the editor's for. That's what proofreaders are for, beta readers, you know, that can tell you if the story is very flowing well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I definitely am really curious to ask you, James. So, you know, that is a really great point. Beta readers, you know, do you have beta readers for your for your um, books personally? Or do you usually just go through like the whole editing process yourself usually? I do. I have um, uh, three select beta readers in my very close uh, circle. That would be um, uh, my wife, 
uh, my mom and uh, my best friend who's also my editor. So, and of course, you know, I know people are thinking, okay, they could be biased because they have that familiarity with me, but I know these people well enough to know that they can be totally honest with me. And trust me, my, my editor has, he's had to come down hard on me a few times about some of my uh, writing habits, you know, my overuses of certain words or just the way I may describe something and say, okay, uh, he'll tell me the story's great, the story's fine, but here's, here's some major issues with your writing. And it's helped me become a better person. You know, my wife's the same way. She'll, she'll let me know when something's not flowing well. Oh, wow. So it's usually, it's great. They have such a support system that, you know, they can really tell you when something really is good or when something is really flowing, but maybe when something else is really not flowing. That's really great. And I'm really curious to ask you as well, what do you think, uh, when you come, when, when you think about the word writing, do you feel like, what is your favorite genre? Like nonfiction, fiction for your stories? Or do you just like have a whole array of so many books that you just love it? Like what's your favorite genre, favorite book? My favorite genre would be crime fiction and nonfiction. And I like to kind of go through a vast array of uh, subgenres within those topics. Um, with nonfiction, of course, you know, uh, mafia, serial killers, bank robbers, uh, gangsters, white collar crime, um, historical crime. And then with the fictional side, of course, I love thriller. Um, all of my books would fall under the thriller genre. I love that as you see the excitement, you can't wait to, you know, you're excited, but you almost dread to read the next page because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I've always loved that, just that emotional roller coaster. So that's the same thing I want to give to my readers as well. Absolutely. Where they just kind of sit there, you know, like, like if one of my readers says that they lost a whole night a whole night of sleep because they were laying in bed thinking about how my story went um i would say that's a great feeling hope you get some sleep eventually but i'm glad that kind of had that effect on you yeah because <laughs> there's been books that have done that to me where i'm just laying in bed thinking oh my goodness like just they have that emotional reaction and it's just you can just tell when you're reading such a great book that just gets that emotion out of you I, i've read books that I've cried with joy. Um, I've read books that I've just been so angry. Like, for some reason, I would be so angry because the author created this character or the situation and just made me so bad. Not because it's a bad scene, but because it was written so well that it's purposely meant to draw that, that hatred out of you. Um, and, of course, you know, excitement, that, feeling that, that satisfaction when the author can create a villain that's just so diabolical. You've been waiting to see this person just get their comeuppance. And then the hero comes in or the heroine comes and just destroys the villain or the villainess. And it just, you just get that satisfaction. That is so true. Absolutely. And it makes me also really curious to ask you, James, what would you say makes a great story or a great book in your opinion? What do you think that just automatically just hooks the reader in and just they're set? Um, I would say definitely characters. You want to have you want to have a protagonist and antagonist that are equal. Um, I've seen a lot of stories where the hero is one of the things that made 
that, that makes Batman so popular is not just the fact that he's Batman with a great story, but that his enemies are just so colorful and dynamic. And of course, there's also the chemistry between characters. When you want to create the original chemistry between such characters and then have a story that flows so well that it alters the chemistry between those characters or it drives it up and you can understand why they have a certain bond, whether it's positive or negative. So, yeah, to make a good story, you want to have very relatable characters. You want to have characters that somebody's going to be a favorite and somebody's going to be a least favorite for whatever reason. Um, you want to, right. But, but you're right, especially with thriller. Um, it's, you definitely want to have them at the edge of their seat, but you can have those rare quiet scenes kind of giving the reader a little bit of an emotional break. Um, but of course I always enjoy the, having those nice moments and then just some, something dramatic or, or, or shocking just kind of pulls the reader back out of their comfort zone. They're like, oh, no, I'm back on the roller coaster. Time to wake up again. It's, you know, we're back on the trip. So I, I always kind of enjoy doing that to people. Wow. I, I, kind of, I created a TikTok about that once. Um, mm. What was it? It was, a, oh, oh, it was when um, uh, the scene in, in the movie Baby Boy, when uh, uh, Ving Rhames, when, when, when Tyrese, Gibson is sitting on the recliner and Ving Rhames comes up behind him and puts him in a headlock. Um, I, I created a thing that it says when uh, when my reader's reading a quiet scene and then all hell breaks loose in my book. Wow, really? So yeah. it's usually like, so is it usually those moments where it's like the reader's not expecting it and then it's like a jump scare moment? Is it most of the yeah. time? Yeah, yeah, like, like, like they're going out their friends and it's been crazy and like maybe they Put down a bad guy. A couple of their enemies are gone. They're, they're having fun. Uh, like I, I, in one of my books, there's um, a block party going on. They had just um, my character's rising in prominence in this gang that he's working in, and he's taking down a few of his enemies, and everything seems good. Then all of a sudden, the block party's getting shot up because the other gang's coming in. They send in a hit squad. They're taking. They're. they're, they're Bullets are flying. All of a sudden, he was having fun. He was partying. He was celebrating prosperity. And now he's fighting for his life. A second later, and his he's watching his friends. Some of his friends die. Like take, you know, hits and saying, "Okay, what am I doing?" And yeah, I just I just enjoy wow. doing that. Just kind of sweeping the rug out from under my readers' feet. I love my readers, but I like to you want to keep them on their toes anxiety. a little bit. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now I'm curious, have you ever, ever like maybe, so your books are usually like more fiction based and true crime. And I remember seeing a few of them, The Ballad of Johnny, I can't remember the guy's name or Ice Rising as you, as you really, as you described it. So now I'm Yes, uh, The Ballad of Johnny Carlo. Yes. yes. So I'm really curious to ask you now, what was the motivation behind those stories in particular? Did you just like start watching a whole bunch of crime shows like me or listening to Stephen King like me and, and that's where this whole it, love with true crime came about too? Um, I guess one of my inspirations would have been Breaking Bad where you I don't know if you've ever seen Breaking Bad but it, it has that where yeah where, where, where you watch Walter White's character who you kind of there's, a, there's that party that understands why he's doing what he's doing 
but you, but even though you can't really condone his actions, and as time goes on, he becomes more darker and ruthless of a character. I wanted to do that. I've always enjoyed one of my types of characters is the protagonist villain. You know, the 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 guy where it's his story, but he's not necessarily the hero of his story. And maybe there's not even a hero in the story at all. It's just a story of villains, and you're you know, kind of like the Sopranos, where you're kind of following someone who is technically a villain, a bad guy, but he's your bad guy. And then with the Ballad Johnny Carlo, I wanted to create, um, originally, I was going to make him a mafia hitman or a mafia gangster who was going to be shunned to a smaller, uh, more, more rural setting that he was eventually going to become like the head of there. But of course, me being a pantser, things changed. Instead, I wanted to create, you know, I've always loved the anti-hero and the anti-villains. I wanted to create, um, I, it, that one was one of my biggest challenges because in, in the book ended up becoming 500 pages. You know, I wanted, I wanted him to be the idealistic criminal who all of a sudden the truth hits him point blank in the face where he, you know, he kind of, He's a hitman for the mafia, but he has this code of honor, this ethics that helps him sleep at night. You know, I only kill bad guys. And then he sees the reality of the of the world that he's in where it's not romantic and honorable. And he, he starts, he's given jobs that go against his ethics. And he starts to become disillusioned with the, uh, the mafia. So he runs and then he goes down to a whole different area. He's from New York and he runs down to New Orleans where, you know, because he's in hiding through contacts, he's able to change the identity and gets a job. Um, and he stays in hiding, figures they'll never come look for me here. But while we're down there, we meet Leisha Abraham, who's a homicide detective in the police department. And she is the hero of, well, the heroine of the story. Um, she's, uh, she's a tough police detective investigating this gangland war that's going on. Her father's the crime lord of New Orleans. You know, it's, it makes for an awkward Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, she meets Johnny and they fall in love. So you also have that kind of, you know, I want to create that Romeo and Juliet almost esque type story, star-crossed lovers. And Johnny realizes that Leisha is what a good person, uh, like what a good guy or a good good person's supposed to be and he realized it's not him you know like what he's let up what he's lived for so long has been a lie and um of course then he finds out that Leisha that the mafia has their sights set on New Orleans and Leisha is an obstacle for them so they're trying to remove her so he picks his guns back and goes back into the battle so the question of will they walk up in the sunset together will they share a grave so th there was a lot that I put into this wow. story that's absolutely hysterical. Like, now I want to start reading this book just so, like, get to the end, but no spoilers. Because that sounds, that sounds like, like the common story that you would hear about, especially in today's time. Especially. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, like, really finding this delightful, especially because I think in a lot of true crime stories, I find that a lot of them don't really have the same touch with suspense anymore. But I feel like the more that we bring like a more human touch to it or more of a today's time or maybe even something from like the 80s or 90s vibe, like we add like a little bit of touch of 
humanity, the human emotions that we feel, you know, if we're falling in love, when we're feeling scared, it's just, it makes the book so much more delightful, if I'm going to be honest. Oh, I totally agree. Absolutely. And I would love to ask you as well, James, what would you say when you're, when you're writing a story or when you're reading a story, what would you say is the biggest tip that you'd have for anyone, you know, if they're, if they're really, really wanting to like bring a touch of themselves into the book, like basically what I mean is, you know, if some people are writing a story or if you're reading a story, how can you tell that someone has really put their heart and soul into it? Um, that's a very good question. It's hard for me to tell. I, I would say it depends on the subject of the story. I'm reading a, um, a series right now where the hero is a uh, jiu-jitsu martial arts expert and it just so happens that the and then in his fight scenes they're very detailed as to like you know how he parries a blow and um where he that he strikes a person the effect it has and then it turns out that the author himself is a jiu-jitsu black belt so it's like okay he's it's it's his area of expertise um or maybe the perspective of the book, if the book is politically left-leaning or politically right-leaning, and, you know, it may kind of give us an insight as to how the author thinks. Me, myself, I find that I do a lot of uh, subconscious kind of um, um, input from my own life. Like, I'll write a story about, let me just make something up, that maybe my character's eating a pizza. Like, like, like there's a lot of pizza or something in my... Not that there is, but let's just say, like, in every book I, I'm writing, somebody's eating the pizza. That's my favorite food. So it's like, okay, I'm subconsciously putting that in there. Or um, maybe the person has a, uh, like, a, 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 a tumultuous relationship with a certain character, a certain relation that reflects, and I realize, oh, I had a, I had some tension with this one person in my family that, you know, like a, a, a sibling or a cousin or an uncle or something. So it's like a lot of writers, even though, yeah, we'll subconsciously put ourselves into that story. I think even like a character like um, Johnny Carlo, even though I've never uh, killed anybody or anything like that, yeah. in the, you know, Johnny Carlo's a hitman, he doesn't necessarily enjoy doesn't necessarily take a whole bunch of enjoyment in what he does, but he feels like, okay, this is what I'm good at, so I'm naturally going to gravitate towards doing this. And I think that's how I feel about my writing. Of course, I enjoy it most of the time, but the the bigger extent of that is that I feel like this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it wasn't until after I finished the book, I realized, oh, okay, I can definitely relate to Johnny on this level, aside from I haven't actually killed anybody outside of writing about it that's absolutely incredible and i can actually relate because my story you know she is a detective who is basically homicidal but because she's on the verge of revenge and i've never killed anybody either but i find it really insightful to want to create a character who's completely different from you but you know you find touches of yourself in there too and just really having fun with the character and that basically you know it's really beautiful and this has been such an amazing interview i cannot thank you enough for being here james truly thank you it's been a pleasure
Absolutely. And I don't know if you have any final thoughts or maybe any final tips or tidbits that you'd like to share. Um, for those of you that are aspiring writers, it's a craft. Um, you definitely want to keep reading and keep learning. You know, you learn what you like about stories as you read them. And it'll help you to develop your own skills, figure out your own strengths and your own weaknesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And truly, truly can't thank you enough, James. Would it be okay if I were to ask you maybe to send any links to your work or social media so that if anyone's interested, you know, they could really look at your content, your books? Sure, of course. I'll send you all the links uh, in the in, in Absolutely. And for those of you who've been listening, I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you all have a great day, morning, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Please stay tuned for next week. And until then, keep on soothing.